today on Lighting Money on Fire, National Basketball Association edition. The Clippers and the Grizzlies slowly fading. Trevor Ariza is traded to the Wizards for Kelly Oubre and Austin Rivers? What? Other things are happening. There are some surprising climbers in the league. We're going to get to all of that. Our bets from last week, which are season-long bets, in fairness. Our best bets this week, which are not season-long bets. They are bets for Wednesday. That's today. So get on your little phone and make some calls. We're doing it all right now on Lighting Money on Fire with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. All right, so what everybody's been waiting for, I have an update on last week's best bet. Yeah. It is a, uh, it's completely, completely unresolved. What did we uh, bet? We bet the 76ers to win the title at minus 1,500, plus 1,500. Plus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Minus yeah. 1,500 would be kind That'd of That'd be a bad bet. Uh, I'm not loving that bet right now. Yeah? I don't like the 76ers anymore. I've changed my mind. Why? It's been a week. I'm glad we're getting 15 to 1. Yeah, well, what's, why? Yeah, I don't think they're really good. I, you know, Ben Simmons been a little disappointment. You can, uh. You can attack Joel Embiid, even though he's a great defensive player. Great teams can attack him because he's a little slow in the playoffs. That's what the Celtics said last year. I'm concerned about them in the playoffs. That said, 15 to 1 is pretty good. 15 to 1. 15 to 1 is pretty good. It's not a 1 to 1 bet, Levy. Yeah, that's right. But it doesn't have to work out very often. What we need is Ben Simmons to take a step forward if we're going to win that bet. Which is possible. Yeah, let's go. Well, let's talk about the happenings of the NBA. Okay. All of the happenings. Starting with the the first trade of the season that is of any consequence, although it's really not that much consequence. I mean, for real, come on. It's the Trevor Ariza. He's fine. He got traded to the Wizards from the Suns. He's a one-off $15 million for one year. The Suns, in return, received Kelly Oubre and Austin Rivers. Yeah. My initial hit on this is I 100% get this deal for the Suns. I have no idea why the Wizards would do it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't get it at all for the Suns, so why don't you start there? The only reason I get it for the Suns is Ubre is a young piece who's developing and still could be good. He's going to be a free agent. At the okay. End of this year. Both him and Rivers, everyone's on the last year of their deal. Uh, Ubre's going to have, they're going to have to pay Ubre. Like okay, well, have... now they have the option if they want to, if things just go like phenomenally well for Ubre for this rest of this year, then they can pay Ubre and he can be part of their young core if he becomes a good player for them. I mean, sure. All that right. could happen. Here's the other. Alec Baldwin could become a great actor. Here's the alternative. Yeah. They have 34-year-old Trevor Ariza, who they're never going to pay. It doesn't matter anyway. Well, no, that's not the alternative. The alternative is trade Ariza for something else that actually has future value. That's the alternative. Well, I guess this is the best they could get. I mean, how could this be the best they could get? This is the best they could get if they're trying to... Also, why Austin Rivers? I don't know. That guy's shooting 31% from three. Salary salary throwaway. 38% from two. Salary throwaway. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Actually, he's getting cut anyway. Like they, they're, they're, they're cutting him. No matter what you think out. about the trade for the Suns, it has to make more sense for the Suns than it makes for the Wizards. How does it make? I, I disagree. I don't think it's good for either team, but how? I think it makes more sense for the Wizards than for the Suns. I really do. Here's why. Okay. Ariza is actually a reasonable piece, right? He's a reasonable starting three and D small forward, right? Yeah. He's not great. He's certainly good. He is sort of a glueish kind of a guy. In fact, you could say when he was on Houston last year, not that we'd give him all the credit by any means, Houston was great. He's not on, he's the, he's the one real difference from last year to this year on Houston. Also, Chris Paul got old. Um, Houston is struggling at 500 right now. Uh, he, he brings something to the table. I'm not saying he's going to make Washington good, but instead of this terrible play from Rivers and mediocre play from Ubre, they're going to get a, a more solid defensive performance on the wing from here on out, and that's reliable. 
I'm not saying it's a good move for Washington either, but they're getting rid of assets that they're not keeping. They're not going to keep yeah, Ubre. They're not going to keep uh, Rivers. But okay. Maybe there's some level of optimism or something in the Washington front office for basically no reason because the team is terrible. I mean, they're trying to basically get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. That's what this trade is trying to they're do. They're not going to keep Ariza past this year. They, there's no way they keep Ariza. I mean, if they at, could sign him cheap enough to a two-year deal, they okay, might. maybe they Two will. years, 22. But um, if, they, you know, if they make the playoffs and they you know, are slightly competitive, they probably are keeping Ariza past this year. But I'm not saying that's good. Washington should probably tr- be tanking right now and trying to refigure this whole thing out. Instead, yeah. they're trying to survive with the team they have. That's what they're, they're, they're committing to the wall Beal thing for a little longer with this. This trade, trade makes so much more sense if if Ariza goes to a contender. Of Washington is not at all a contender. If, it feels like it's just there's no meaning to this trade for Washington. It's a little hard to argue because I'm arguing, yeah, yeah, this will make them a little bit better, which it will. So then they can hopefully make the playoffs and get destroyed by one of the really good, one of the best, one of the, there are four great teams in the Eastern Conference. They're well, all going to kill Washington. Like, okay, um, it's not just Washington, but it's any bad team. There's no reason to trade for the one-year, $15 million, 34-year-old. Right. Right. Of course. Like, who's the worst team in the NBA that should actually trade for a reason? Because it gives them a chance to go deep in the playoffs. Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. I, actually, Minnesota really makes sense to me, right? Because... Towns is like high upside. When they had Butler last year, they were before he got hurt, they were on track for the number three seed. Maybe it helps Wiggins grow up a little bit. Maybe it helps Towns grow up a little bit, but it's not Jimmy Butler's sort of incredibly difficult to play with type personality. Ariza's going to blend in more. Minnesota makes a lot of sense, actually. Why didn't Minnesota trade for this guy? How about the Indiana Pacers? They've won seven in a row. Okay. They're a good young team. Who's, who, is the, who are their wings? Obviously, Oladipo was one. They have one of the Bogdan Bogdanoviches. Uh, is he starting for them as well? Uh, I think he's... I don't know if he's starting or not. Okay. Uh, and Tyreek Evans. Oh, Tyreek, yeah. So, Ariza would be a nice extra piece. Yeah. He could, play is, those, he could play the four. I guess, guys can't. I guess what it comes down to for Phoenix is what's more valuable, like a second-round pick um, or the chance to potentially sign Oubre to this... Way too expensive deal. Maybe they think Ubre is a better shot than yeah, a second round pick. Maybe. And that's fair. Ubre probably is a slightly better shot than a second round pick next year. But second round pick is cost controlled for a few years. And of course, Ubre is like going to be, I assume someone's going to pay him between seven and $11 million a year next year and not going to be happy about it. Well, the Suns can afford that at least. That's true. Sure. I guess maybe he can show something. Yeah. He I mean, better like, show they something. They might be willing to pay him like a three year, $21 million contract to see if it pans out because they have mm-hmm. nothing on the books right now. Right. Right, and if he can be a young piece, and they're not a free forward. agent destination, they're trying to build through the draft. Right. So it's not like they're going to get max players anyway. They could eventually become a free yeah. agent destination, but they are currently not. You're totally right. Yeah. So right now in the Phoenix front office, are they regretting taking eight, taking eight number one, or are they still feeling like okay, Doncic is great, but Aiton is our big building block for the future, and we feel good about it? I don't think they're having conversations about regretting it, but I yeah. think some of them internally are like, did we fuck that up? Yeah. I, I mean, know. how could you not? Right. Right. You have to you have right. to feel that way. Anyone who didn't take him, like Sacramento has to feel that way too. You know, Dave Yorger, the coach of the Kings last week after they it's played uh, Jaeger. Is it really? Yeah. Like uh from Pacific Rim, the Jaegers. Sure. Yeah. Who is is Divac's last name pronounced Kaiju? Yes. Just checking. It's weird that I refer to him as Divac instead of Vlade when I do that joke. So um Jaeger uh, actually said that uh some people thought maybe there was a ceiling on Doncic, but it doesn't look like it. And it seemed like he was taking aim at his own front office. Yeah. Since they passed on him for Bagley, and Bagley is coming off the bench, even though Vlade doesn't like that. Jaeger's decided he wants uh, Bagley coming off the bench, at least for now. And Sacramento is 
Well, they're no longer. I think they're officially in the eighth spot right now, but they're they're clearly not going to make the playoffs. Meanwhile, uh, Dallas is fifteen and thirteen. Yep, due in large part to their selection of the rookie Luka Doncic. I mean, he's their best player, right? Yeah. How could he not be their best player? He's clearly their best player. Yeah. And he's still nineteen. Nineteen for a little bit longer. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Everybody fucked up who didn't take him. Well, and there's there's different levels of fucking up, right? The Hawks fucked up the worst. There you go. Yeah. yeah, like deciding not only to not take him, but sort of do a challenge trade. Like, give me Trey Young, baby. And in some ways, it, you know, it was similar to what the Celtics did with Tatum and Fultz last year. They got they traded down two spots and got a f- first-round pick that looked pretty good yeah. for it. Although right now that first round pick doesn't look as good for Dallas. By the way, it doesn't. It's the Sacramento Kings first yeah. round pick. Doesn't look as good for the Celtics. They are either. sixteen and fourteen. Yeah, yeah. So, Doncic, Doncic, you've been you've been blowing that kid's horn forever. It seems as though uh, you're going to feel very justified about that and feel very good about that for the next twenty years. So there you go. There's something to hang on to. Whoop de doo. And uh, something not to hang on to is Trevor Reza for the Wizards. I just don't get the deal. Um, I, I don't understand. I agree with you. I don't understand why a better team didn't make this play. Uh, you would, th- and you would think like a late first round pick would have done it. And maybe, maybe there's, I don't know, Lakers. No, the wizards are 12 and 18. Who, who else is in play? Who else was legit in play? Who should want Ariza? The Lakers are in play. Why not? I mean, they've got Kuzma. They've got Hart. They've got LeBron. Where, what are they doing with Ariza? Ariza plays better defense than the guys besides LeBron there. But so they're not going to pl- play these young guys who are playing well. Like, Kuzma's averaging, like, 19 points a yeah, game. They kind of have to play him. Yeah, they're not a great destination. Yeah. Um, what about the Denver Nuggets? Interesting. Well, especially with all their wing injuries. Yeah. Uh, both Barton and Harris are out right now yeah. anyway. So this would be sort of an insurance against more longer-term issues. And Millsap's out, too, I think. Is he really? Yeah. Well, that, that makes a lot of sense, then. Because you give your first-round pick is going to be a late first-round pick. Yeah. The problem is teams that trade late first-round picks, first-round picks of any kind, for 34-year-old guys whose deals are ending generally are not going to do super well in the, over the long haul, right? That's not good management, right? So, like, you, if you're the Nuggets, you're more looking to trade two seconds for Ariza, and that seems like a good deal. And would you rather, if you're Phoenix, would you rather have two seconds or a little bit of Oubre? I don't know. What about the 76ers? Play Ariza as, like, the sixth man. Mm, that's good. They're, they're short on the bench for yeah. sure. They've got a lot of draft assets, too. They definitely could have given up some stuff. That would be a better destination. Yeah, that's a good one. The Wizards are 12 and 18 with a minus 4.1 point differential. Well, it's going to change a little gonna bit. not going to move the needle. It's going to move the needle a little. Yeah. A little. But you add them to the 76 or suddenly our 15 to 1 is looking pretty good. That's like, yeah. wow, that really helps. You know, how about Milwaukee? Could Milwaukee, uh, they got Middleton, they've got Giannis. So maybe Ariza's coming off the bench for them. But yeah. But you could play Ariza 30 minutes. Yeah. That's really good. And he can shoot. He's a 3 and D guy, which is kind of yeah. perfect for their system. Yeah, I don't hate that either. There's a lot of better destinations than Washington. Yeah, it does seem like it. Now he's going to be thrown into the fire pit of despair that is that locker room. Good luck with that, Trevor. I mean, he's the veteran leader. He's supposed to come in and uh, help them out. We'll see if he does. We'll see if he does, I suppose. From Washington's point of view, I think they, they think they're free-rolling this. They're going to be a little bit better this year. But, of course, they're hurting their draft position. It's just this is a badly managed team. This is, this is Washington right now looks like a classic example of the treadmill team, you know? They're just like on that mediocrity treadmill and can't seem to get off. Yep. All right. Moving on. This is a this is kind of the big topic that I wanted to talk about today. Oh, good. It's kind of shocking when you look at it. We've known for years that the West is better than the East, and it's been basically since Michael Jordan retired, right? Mm-hmm. Except for a couple Celtics years with Kevin Garnett and stuff. Where I mean, even so, the West was better. The West was better. They just had the best team. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
now the West has the best team and is better. Yeah, and it's been that way for And it's been that years. way for a while. But this year, although the top teams don't have the crazy records like Houston and Golden State have had in the past, it is insane how literally every team in the West is at least reasonably good except for the Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. Yes. Has that ever happened before? There are two teams, sorry, three teams in the West with negative point differentials. Three. And the Suns are one of them, minus 9.5, and the other two are minus 0.2 and minus 1. Right, and who are they? Sacramento and Memphis. Right, right, and those are the two teams that are slowly falling out of the... By the way, the Clippers, I think, are like 0.01 or 0.03 or something like that, right? Or 0.3. Yeah, 0.3. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, but they're like hanging in there. Yeah, this is really strange. And it's interesting because the East is now top-heavy, yes. and the West is insanely balanced. We saw some of this last year with, what, four teams had 40, won 48 games last yeah. year or something but like we, that? But it didn't go so far down. Like, right. Now it goes all the way down to the 15 seed, well, which Sacramento, is the Utah Jazz, the 14 seed. Excuse me. Wow, Utah Jazz are the 14 seed. That's really hard to imagine a team that good. What's their point differential? Uh, it's zero, even. Okay, they're going to be better, right? Yep. They're definitely going to be better. I still think the Jazz are making the playoffs. Everything is really tight too. What's the difference in terms of like uh, games behind, like third place to like 12th place? It can't be that big. Third place is OKC. They are one game behind both Denver and Golden State. Maybe that's a bad example. And 12th place (laughs) is the Pelicans, who are six games behind. So six games behind the the top. So there's a five-game difference between third and 12th. Yeah. Okay, that is totally illustrating your point and my point, right? Wow. Like... It's totally reasonable that the Jazz, who are probably another game and a half back, one game, not only make the playoffs, but could like finish as the sixth seed. Like, totally doable. The Pelicans yeah. absolutely could get it together a little bit and finish as like the four seed or the three seed. They could, they could have a first round series at home. There are know? no easy games for, for the Western Conference teams when they play each other, except for the Suns. Well, it just depends on your definition of easy, right? right? Like, when you're the Warriors. Most teams are, are easy, and then the Nuggets are hard, and right? Like, the Grizzlies aren't that hard, right? Well, they weren't last night. Right. But so there you go. I don't know. So I now mean, that means they're not hard. <laughs> well, there's no, no, there's no gimmies besides the Suns. Fair enough. Say it that way. Fair enough. Yeah. Like every, every other of these teams has either, like, an interesting core of players that work well together with good coaching or a really good player. Like, everybody in the Western Conference has that. Mm-hmm. When you say an interesting core of players, you're thinking of like Sacramento like the, or like the Clippers, yeah. Memphis. Although Memphis has got Memphis some has really Conley good and and uh, Gessel, yeah. yeah, and JJJ, JJJ, Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, Triple J, Triple J, that J is, cubed. That is true. So it's just crazy how the Western Conference is so tightly packed and. All of the teams are good, man. Like the Eastern Conference. I mean, it's not going to stay like this. Sacramento is going to fall. The Clippers are going to continue to fall. We're going to see some clear winners and losers, I think, over the next month or two. Things are going to be like a more clear pecking order is going to be established. But we are far enough into the season that this is really weird. It is, as opposed to the Eastern Conference, where once you get past the fifth seed, Boston Celtics, it's kind of a bunch of garbage. Like the next team is the Detroit Pistons. Nobody really thinks they're that good, right? No, of course not. Yeah. And then there's the Hornets who started nice, but we all thought that was an illusion. And it was Mm -hmm. like the magic. Give me a break. Terrible. The Magic right now are in the top eight seeds. They are eighth, 14 That's and 15. Insane. Beating the Heat, who are 13 and 16, the Nets, who are 13 and 18, and the Wizards, who are 12 and 18. And then it's the super trash fires of the Knicks, Cavs, Bulls, and Hawks. Right. The problem for the bad but not awful teams are you can't even really tank. 
Like, how are you going to tank past the Hawks and the Knicks and the Cavs and the Bulls? There's almost the no Suns. point. You can't now, do it. Now that the all the five worst teams get the same chance at the number one pick. Well, right? if you can get into the bottom five, it's great. Yeah. But if there's five teams that are so far so bad and are just going to keep losing no matter what. If you're the Wizards, you're like, well, we can't really get. There's actually the top a clear five bottom anyway. five right now. It's the yeah. the bottom four Eastern teams in Phoenix are right. clear bottom five. Right. So they're excited about that. I'm sure all those teams. As a Celtics fan, I'm really hoping Sacramento finds their way too close to. No, that, the Bulls need Zion. <laughs> well, I the Celtics can't take Zion number one anyway. They can't get the number one pick. So you get everything but the one pick from Sacramento. Mm. Yeah. So, so yeah. What do you think ultimately will be the record of the 12th seed in the mm. Western Conference Good at question. the end of the year? Who is currently the 12th seed? The current 12th seed is the, the Pelicans. New Orleans Pelicans at 15 and 16. I mean, that sounds close to right to me, like slightly below 500. I'm going to go like 39 or something. Yeah, 39 and 44. Sorry, 39 and 43. While the 12th seed in the Eastern Conference is going to have like a like 27 wins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be... Okay, let's do this. I know we've done this before. Who's making the playoffs in the West? Like, okay. there's too many good teams, but some but some things are showing up. Now, Memphis, through three weeks or four weeks, looked like one of the best teams in the league. Now they're like the sixth seed and are falling fast, right? They're, they're showing to be a little bit of a pretender. The Kings are similar. So you got the Lakers. You got... The Lakers and the Warriors feel like locks to me. I feel like the Kings are not a good example. I think the Clippers are a better example. Like, the Kings have been consistently right around 500. It's not like they've fallen off recently. Okay. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. Um, the Clippers are more of an example. The Clippers' record is still good, but they are still falling pretty quickly and are clearly in trouble. Their point well, differential the is not great. The Clippers have lost four in a row. Yeah. And that's, so that's not great. It's the, you know, it's sort of, they're sad for Austin Rivers, you know, he was yeah, traded. Now he's, must, you know, he's no longer on the Suns even. That must be what's going on. He's just on. out there, man. By um, the way, can I briefly do an aside on the Clippers? Mm. Clippers and Blazers played a couple nights ago as you're listening to this podcast, and Montrez Harrell got a flagrant two, which is rare. Flagrant two meaning you're ejected and then you're eligible for suspension depending mm. on league. Was it on a fast you. break? No. It was on a rebound where he elbowed Nurkic in the face, and it really didn't look like a flagrant two. He just, like, swung the ball when he had what, He didn't have the, the ball. He was, like, positioning himself to try oh. to jump. It looked like he might have been trying to get a little elbow in there, but it didn't look like he was trying to cause a bunch of bodily harm or anything. Yeah. But they gave him a, a flagrant two. A two means intentional, doesn't it? A Isn't two means intentional. It means you're ejected from the game and you might be yeah. suspended and fined. No, but I'm saying the way that they, one of the ways that they, the criteria for the yeah. two is it has to feel intentional. The elbow itself may have been intentional, but it's like, I feel like guys who are rebounding are always kind of like jostling for position and he just happened to hit him right in the mouth and it made mm-hmm. it look really bad. Yeah, I mean that happens all the time. Yeah. It feels like guys swing their swing their elbows around. If someone's in the way, they get called for a bad foul. And if no one's in the way, then nothing happens. Yeah. You know. And I feel like it's sort of random and luck a lot of the time anyway when they do that. You know, if there's if contact is made. Yeah, I'm just kind of shocked that he got a two and not a one. I think yeah. it was one was justifiable, but a two. I mean, they're yeah. gonna look at it. They can always rescind that. But they can't put him back in the game for the last no. twelve minutes of the game, they which cannot. was a close game. Yeah. You know. So and for know. the Clippers, that game may matter. <laughs> I, well, I don't think it does. I think like they're just not going to be doing anything. What, what's either. their record these days? Seventeen and thirteen. Yeah, they're they're screwed. Same as the Blazers. Okay, Clippers are not making the playoffs. So who's making the playoffs? Denver's making the playoffs. Denver, Golden State, OKC, LA. Those those top four feel like they're all making the playoffs. Next in line, record wise, are the Blazers. They feel pretty good to make the playoffs. They're like three games over five hundred right now. Yeah, who else? Four games over five hundred. Okay. Who else we got? Clippers, who we don't believe in. No. 
Mavericks. That's a weird one. I don't think they're going to make it because of the Utahs and the Houstons and the Pelicans of the world, but we'll see. Grizzlies. They might, if they make it, they're going to be like the eight seed. That's the six, seven, eight right there. Yeah. Nine is the Kings. No chance. Probably not. 10 is making the playoffs. Houston Rockets. Yeah. They're, they've been playing better. They're getting it together a little bit. They're, they're going in. 11 is like the Grizzlies to me. San Antonio Spurs, maybe. I don't think they are now. I'm not, like, they lost Murray. It seems like it's really hurt them more than I expected it would. And I don't know what they're supposed to do. Like, they're, uh, Greg Popovich maybe has checked out a little bit also. I don't know if that's maybe. fair to say. Uh, like, it's weird because uh, they make the big trade. It's kind of working out. I mean, Kawhi's amazing in Toronto, but, like, you know, DDR is playing really well for them. In theory, but they're losing games anyway. Yeah. So I don't I don't know, man. They missed their point guard. DDR puts up stats but not wins. That's his deal. I mean, they they won a lot in Toronto the last several years with him. Yeah. Not in the playoffs. All right. So <laughs> twelve is the Pelicans. I think they're making the playoffs. Probably. Thirteen is the Timberwolves. That one's borderline. I'm gonna say no. And fourteen is the Utah Jazz. I think it's Houston. The the other four are Houston. Wow, this is so hard. This is so hard. Like, these teams are all just disappointing as heck, right? Houston, yes. Yeah. Good. I'm glad we worked that out. I'm going to say yes to Houston. I don't even know anymore. I like, I'm going to say yes to the Pelicans. I'm going to say yes to the Jazz. And then I got room for one more. Give me the Grizzlies. No Blazers, huh? Yeah, just to piss you off. But do you actually believe that? I don't, I have no idea. It's all going to be really tight and close. I think it's going to be one of these like knife fight final months of the yeah. end of the NBA season in the West. And whoever doesn't make it, there may be even two or three teams that just miss, and they're going to be sort of heartbroken. You want to bet Grizzlies versus Blazers must make? I, I don't. So I you don't actually believe the Blazers are more like? No, I just don't feel confident in it. That's different. But it doesn't mean I think I'm a, wrong. If, it doesn't mean I, mean, I think we're betting one to one. If you think you have a slight edge, why not bet it? I don't necessarily think I have a slight edge. I okay. feel like I don't know. All right. By the way, something I just noticed. The Suns have won three in a row. That's weird. Yeah, they, well, they just beat the Knicks in New York. Yeah. I know that, which was great because I have the Knicks under 29 personally. So they're helping me out with that. Also, the, my two bets, by the way, my two over-under bets that were personal this year, not the ones we've done. Knicks under 29. Sacramento Kings over 26. How does he know? Sacramento How does is, he know? He's the, he's the NBA whisperer. It's going to be pretty bad luck if Sacramento doesn't get there at this point. <laughs> They're 16 and 14? Yeah. Yeah. I feel pretty, pretty good about that. Yeah. I'm like Jennifer Love Hewitt over here. And nobody, by the way, besides the Suns in the West has a massive point differential. Right. Like everybody's just scrapping. Like Denver is plus 6.6. OKC is plus 6.4. The, the three best point differentials in the league are all in the East, which yep. is super weird. Because Golden State the last several years is always double digits. And they're like 6.6 or something, right? They are 5.4. Yeah. It's strange. Yeah. I yeah. still think they're going to win the title. And I don't think it's going to be that hard for them. But we'll see. A tale of two conferences. It was the best of conferences. It was the worst of conferences. <laughs> nice. So, of course, eventually it has to happen. But when do you think the time is in the future Yeah, that the Eastern Conference has a better average team than the mm -hmm. Western Conference? I'm going to say three years from now. Okay. You think the Warriors will dissolve by then? Exactly. I, I need the Warriors to no longer exist as they currently do. LeBron will be no longer Old his and thing. dead. Uh, uh, Russell Westbrook won't really be doing his thing as right. much anymore. Neither so will neither will James Harden. You're going to need Doncic and Aiton and those guys, and maybe the Timberwolves to like be major step forward. Well, at that same time though, you're going to have 
all the Eastern teams should still be really strong. Philadelphia, not the Raptors, maybe. Not the Raptors, you're right. But the other three, yeah. Philly, Milwaukee, and Boston should all be maybe, raring. Maybe Indiana, too. Yeah, maybe Indiana. And, yeah, the Raptors are going to be in huge trouble at that point. They've got a lot of nice young pieces, but Lowry will probably not be a factor, and we don't even know if Kawhi's going to be in, on the team next year. And I guess in three years, the Bulls will probably be in, like, the third seed with Zion winning the MVP, averaging 34 points a game, 17 rebounds. Boy, only the third seed, huh? You are really down on your own team and your city. The third seed sounds so fucking you good. You hate the city. <laughs> Why do you hate Chicago so much? I don't hate Chicago. Is it because you don't like the pizza? The pizza style? No, Chicago the deep dish good. pizza? It's, and it's delicious. You don't have... Don't. It's okay if you don't like deep dish pizza. Don't. Some people don't. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a taste thing. It's a personal choice. I love deep dish pizza. Okay. Lou Malnati's. Here we go. Now you're going to lie so that way the people in Chicago love you. That's great. That's great. How about having some personal integrity? Think about it. Grant's just staring at me and he's moved the microphone away. This is not fun for me when you do do things like this. It hurts my feelings. Well, if you stop lying, I won't have I'm to I'm not lying. You. I love deep dish. I love them all night. <laughs> See? You can tell in your voice. Anyway, the West is the West is good. The East is bad. There's a couple good teams in the East. Blah, blah, blah. Let's move on. Okay. Anthony Davis, always the center of trade talks for, I don't know, three years it now. It feels like three years, but no one's actually... There's never been a thing of like, you know, the they're talking the Pelicans are talking to someone about Anthony Davis. Never comes up that way. Just but now, teams are interested. Now that's kind of come up, right? It's Warjanowski um, said that the Celtics have been, and the quote was hawking on Anthony Davis. Um, and, the, and the talk is basically that at this point, ne- this time next year, there's going to be huge trade talks between both the Celtics and Lakers and the Pelicans, both trying to get Davis. And, and most people seem to think those are the two teams where he would most want to go, which makes sense. Yeah, good teams. Although the Lakers are going to be a weird one with a 35-year-old LeBron, although maybe they'll add a free agent. And then they get to, I mean, then he gets to kind of take over the team when LeBron fades that's away right. and he gets to be the star of LA and they'll probably be pretty good. Yeah, that's true. And they'll be able to keep attracting free agents yeah. and stuff too. Also, they do have some young pieces around him. They will have some young pieces. I don't know if all of them will be there or the shape they'll be in, especially if they make a deal for them. Well, they're going to have to give some of them away. Maybe, maybe all of them. Yeah. Like, yeah, because all of them, I feel like the LA pieces, except for Kuzma and Hart, which are fine, they've ascended a little bit, but the two primary pieces, the two number two overall picks, have both declined a little bit this year in terms of their value. Right. But people still think of them as much higher upside than Kuzma and Hart. Um, I don't know if all Laker fans do, but I think general NBA fans do. Yeah. Yes, I do. Certainly. Like Ingram can still be the guy somewhere, I think, yeah. possibly. And Lonzo still is a great defensive player who's got a lot of great tools. And he's super young. Give him, like, give him time. Um, so, yeah, I would rather have those two guys than Kuzma and Hart. But Kuzma and Hart help you more right now, for sure. So um, what's the package that the Lakers offer? What's right. the package that the Celtics offer? And which one does do the Pelicans want more? Well, the only... I mean, the Lakers... Only assets are the things we just named, I think. Those four assets. Yeah. So I don't see how you could ever make this deal without including Ingram has to be part of it. But you need a lot more than Ingram. I think it's probably like Ingram. Maybe it's three of the four. Something like that. Ingram, Ball, and Hart, and you get to keep Kuzma. Ingram, maybe you get to keep Hart, and you give up the other three guys. To me, it's something like that to get Davis. Yeah. Uh the Celtics have, if they want to trade for Davis and want to like really make sure they get him, they have a piece that just is like checkmate, which is Jason Tatum, right? Straight up trade? Not necessarily straight up, but like that's like so much more valuable than anything the Lakers can offer right now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like got huge value, perceived value in the league mm-hmm. right now. Um, even though this, he started off this year a little down and the Celtics did too, his numbers are actually, he's been much more efficient the last 10, 15 games. He's looking better. The Celtics seem to be figuring out their rotations and how they want to play and things like that. 
He's highly efficient, even on a team that doesn't really afford him that many opportunities to score. He's a good defensive player. He's very young. He's got really big potential. I got to believe the Pelicans, if they were trying to trade Anthony Davis, would, want, would really be going for him. Like, he's so much more valuable, in my mind, than what Ingram can become. Maybe, maybe it won't be true, but in terms of where it looks like their, their upside is. Yeah. So Tatum and, and another young piece or a pick that... Yeah. Something like, maybe, maybe it's a pick. Celtics have got a lot of picks. Um, they've got the Memphis pick. They've got the Memphis pick, the Clippers pick, and the Kings pick for next year as, lo- as well as their own. These are all first-round picks. But they're, the, the trade is going to happen after that. The trade is likely to happen after that. It's, it's a little unclear, though, because really what's going to happen is this. At the end of this season, and this is why this is all coming to a head a little bit nowadays, the Pelicans are going to offer Anthony Davis the Supermax, and he's either going to say yes or no, and that's where everything's going to happen. If he says yes, it's all over, right? They're going to sign him to They're going to pay him every dollar they can pay him and be thrilled to do it. Yeah. One of the few players you're actually going to be happy to sign to a Supermax, unlike the John Walls of the world. Right. And by the way, like how much money is Chris Paul getting paid for the next four years? And Already that looks terrible. Yes, it does. Um, if he says no, that means he's gone in a year. Because if he's going to turn down that much money, it means he ain't staying. Right. So then you have to trade him. You'd be crazy not to trade him. And then I think you try and extract Jason Tatum plus from the Celtics and feel good about it. Or maybe maybe you do a three-team deal and get extra stuff from the Lakers you know, and do it that way. Not, not with the Celtics, I mean. But like you get Ingram, Ball, and another piece. And you, you, know, you ship Kuzma to some other team and you get another young piece or a nice first-round pick or something for him. That feels like pretty good. Yeah. I think I, I, think I could live with that as, sacri- as, uh, excuse me, as New Orleans, but, I mean, Anthony Davis is so good. Like, if you're the Celtics and you get to give up Jason Tatum and, I'm just making this up, Marcus Smart or Jason Tatum and Terry Rozier, like... Even Brown. Yeah. Like, you don't want to give up both Tatum and Brown, but you would if you're the yeah. Celtics because you had, it's Kyrie, Gordon Hayward... And Anthony Davis. Yeah, that's legit. They're legit and relatively young. Like yeah. Kyrie, Kyrie will be a 28. I think Hayward will be 28 or 29. Davis will be like 26, 27. Like you're going to roll for five years over the East, I would think. Assuming unless, Hayward's healthy. Unless the Sixers get significantly better, which is possible too. Yeah, okay. That's true. But like you're going to be one of the best teams in the league. Or Giannis is just the best player. Okay. In, yeah. But Anthony Davis could also be the best player, yeah. right? And in fact, he is uh, the number one guy in real plus minus. Well. Because I looked that up. That's quite an... Quite fun. I mean, that's pretty cool. And he is, of course, just, you know, a tsunami of basketball talent and ability. Yes, he is. And IQ, basketball IQ. And eyebrow. Just one of those, though. Just one eyebrow, yeah. Yeah, eyebrow. I didn't say eyebrows. I know. I'm just emphasizing it. I know what I said. Yeah. I'm sure you know what you said, but I need you to think about what you said. I would be kind of shocked if Anthony Davis played his whole career with the Pelicans. I'm... I mean, they need to make the playoffs this year, and they need to... I mean, they made the second round last year, right? Yeah. So, in theory, he should be looking around and be like, all right, we're pretty good, but... But they are currently not that good record-wise. They're 15 and 16. If they don't make the playoffs, I feel like he's auto-gone. Yeah. If they make the playoffs but are out in the first round, I think he's almost always gone also. Yeah. I think he's just not going to sign that deal. I, by the way, I'm a Celtics fan. I hope he signs the deal. I want Stars to stay. I don't want stars to leave. I hate the whole way stars um, move move themselves around and sort of um, collect themselves in groups in these like major markets. Like I want Sacramento to be good too. I want San Antonio to be good. I want I want the bad the bad tiny cities to be good as the well. The bad tiny cities. <laughs> you know what I mean. New Orleans so, is a big market, by the way. It's, it's a like big a, market, but it's not a big NBA free agent yeah, destination, right? right? Like J- Julius Randle went there, yeah. but you know they sort of clearly no one else really wanted Randall because he got two years, eighteen million total. Which is still weird, but whatever. That makes no sense when Marcus Smart gets four years, fifty-two, and 
make any sense. So. Nope. Like I think Randall's better, even though Smart's having a good year. I still think Randall's better. And I think that was the perception around the league, even. Very strange. Very strange. Yeah. Is it best bedtime? Uh, no. One other thing. Okay. Well, I don't know. We can do one other thing, right? Yeah, we can do a little other, Adventures yeah, in Real Plus Minus, because I mentioned Adventures in Real Plus Minus, sure. So ESPN publishes their Real Plus Minus, and... Uh, Give a little data about Real Plus Minus. Oh, God, really? Um, that's I mean, asking a lot. I mean, you don't have to tell me the exact stuff, but, like, what is the intent of Real Plus Minus? Oh, okay. How about that? Um, Real Plus Minus is trying to capture both your offensive and defensive contribution to the game, um, and it's doing it using a variety of methods. I think it's a pri- proprietary formula, I believe. Yeah. Um, but they're basically taking, you know, net rating, where you can do a net offensive and defensive rating. They're trying to isolate each player um, so that way it isn't just what the team's net rating is while you're in there, but actually your personal net rating based on the guy you're guarding and stuff like that. Right, so, and it's, it's different than plus minus. When you say real right. plus minus, plus minus just means what was the point differential for your team in the minutes that you played. Real right. plus minus tries to take the factors out that make it so like DeAndre Aiden doesn't have like a minus 300 on the year just because he's on the Phoenix Suns. Right. Which is what he's going to have. Right. right? So it's trying to be like, well, how did Aiden actually do what he was playing in his minutes? The guys he was guarding, how did did he like make them play worse or better when he was defending them? Right. Did he play better or worse against different kinds of defenders? It's certainly going to be flawed in one way or another. Oh yeah. It's it's ESPN's best attempt at truly analyzing how good each individual player is. It's uh, outside it's, of their team environment. It's been a slow climb for basketball analytics where like back in the day, the smart guys were using per, which is player efficiency yeah. rating, which is just an offensive stat where you take like six offensive stats and add some and multiply some and you come up with a number and it wasn't perfect, but John Hollinger came up with it and it was okay, you know, and we're getting better and better as we go. By the way, who leads the league in per all time, all time league leader in per. It's going to be a Celtic. It is not Michael Jordan. No, he's in the top 10. So is LeBron. Number one is Boban. Nice. Swear to God. Boban. So play that, that makes more. that stat not flawed at all. <laughs> well, maybe they're not using him right. Okay. <laughs> Boban is better than Michael Jordan. So adventures in real plus minus. There's always some surprising names in the real plus minus, like top 20 or top 30. Let's find a few right now. First real surprising name in the top. There's only one like eye popper in the top 10. He is having a good year, but I wouldn't have thought that Nikola Vucevic would actually be in the top 10. He's number nine in real plus minus. I mean, he's having a great year, right? I mean, sure. He's a big reason the magic are in that cherry eighth seed in the East. Here's the, here's just the name of a few guys who are behind him. Well, Kevin Durant's 11. Well, he sucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo is uh 12th. Was that? Like culturally insensitive? I'm not sure anymore. It probably was. Eh, the Greeks are fine. Uh, Damian Lillard is behind him. Mike Conley is behind him. Jimmy Butler's behind him. Just saying, there's some really big names that are behind him. Chris Paul's behind him. Kawhi Leonard is way behind him. Boban is behind him even. How could that be? Boban? Boban. Embiid is way behind him. Just saying. Okay, so that's the first really surprising one. Here's a few other interesting guys uh, when we do this. Pascal Siakam. 15th. Oh, he's been really good, though. I know, but 15th. He's going to be the most improved player of the year. Yeah, he's he's got that locked up basically already. Um, next really interesting name I'm going to say is, well, Dwight Powell from the Mavs is 29th. That is pretty weird. His rebound rate has always been off the charts, but still seems shocking. He is ahead of Victor Oladipo. Uh, Joel Embiid is 33rd. My favorite guy, number 35, Marcus Smart, baby. Let's go. Somehow Marcus Smart Your is favorite here. guy? I mean, just uh, not really. His offensive real plus minus, he's a 0. .7, which isn't great, but better than Robert Covington. 
<laughs> so I got that going for yeah, me. Yeah, congratulations. His defensive RPM, of course, pretty darn good in the twos, which is good. I mean, it'd be nice if these numbers made sense. So Anthony Davis <laughs> leads the league in RPM, and it's a 7.23. Does that mean he's 7.23 points? He adds 7.23 points, basically, to his team. Per, is that what we're saying? Per 100 minutes, per 36 Probably minutes. Probably per 100 possessions. Per 100 possessions, guess. yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. So it means Marcus Smart is worth, according to this, 2.76 points per possession. Only 34 players in the league are worth more. That would be insane. <laughs> that would be a really good player. <laughs> He's gonna, he gets fouled, and there's a lot of techs every yeah. time when he hits his three. Yeah, that's right. Per 100. Um, anyway, just sort of interesting. I imagine we'll, we'll sort of check in on the real plus minus as we go through there. There'll be other, some other surprising things for sure as we go. Cool. That's all. Best bet time. Best bet time. All right, what you got? I got... Uh, don't accuse me of anything. Here. Hold on a second. Okay. I accuse you of whatever you don't want to be accused of immediately. Oh. I don't so. want to be accused of being an all right, friendly guy. I, I wouldn't accuse you. A of great that. friend. Yeah. That's, <laughs> no. That's you. <laughs> okay. So my best bet is the Boston Celtics Ugh. are hosting the Phoenix Suns. The Suns? Yeah. The Suns have won three in a row. They shine bright like the sun. They sometimes do. <laughs> they rise like a phoenix and a sun, depending. But the Celtics are 11.5-point favorites, and I know it's a lot, but I like the Celtics. Yeah, I actually was considering that one, too. Oh, yeah. They're probably going to destroy them. I mean, the Celtics have been killing bad teams on this than the streak they've been on, like destroying people. They beat the Knicks by 28. The next game, they beat the Bulls by 56. They beat New Orleans the game after that by 13. They two games later they played Atlanta. They hosted Atlanta. They won by twenty one. They've just they've really found their offensive groove in the last ten games or so. Phoenix is the perfect team to completely blow out. I love the Celtics here in eleven, even minus eleven and a half. All right, that's fair. Cool. My my te- mine uh, involves my hometown team as well, the Chicago Bulls. Unbelievable the homerism with you. Well, wait till you hear it. Wait till you hear what I'm gonna do. Yeah. So the <laughs> Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, are traveling to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago is only plus two. The Nets are minus two. I feel like the Nets are going to win by a lot more than two. <laughs> so I want to bet the Nets minus two. Are you thinking about, though, as if it's like a neutral floor? That's my only question. Uh, no, I'm not. The Nets, uh, just to give you a sense of please, it. Please, please. The Nets are 13 and 18, but their point differential is minus 0.9. Mm-hmm. The Bulls are 7 and 24 and in utter turmoil. Yes. And their point differential is minus 10.8. Wow. And the Jabari Barker thing, which we haven't mentioned yet, yeah. is a whole thing unto and itself. The Bulls are fucking terrible, and the Nets, as as the point differential shows, plays every team that's even good, like gets in close games with them. Mm-hmm. They're gonna beat up on the Bulls. Like they're gonna win by more than two. <laughs> All right. All right, I'm down. Okay. Take good. the Celtics and the Nets. Yeah. Two homer picks. Yeah, that's a homer pick for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of is because it's the Zion thing. Right. There you go. You want the Bulls to lose. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. All I right. knew it. I'm going to go bet those immediately. Great. And uh, we'll get back to you next week with more wins and more money. 